you know, this really individual person, whatever that image may be. For twos, I think it's like, who am I really? And do people really want that? And so I twos really trying, you know, getting a lot of the coaches that we work with say things like, I don't feel like people really care that it's like me, you know, that they feel like, well, there's a billion people out there. Why would they care? And it's like, sis, you are the it factor of your business. Like you are it. You are what makes people say yes to you. Like they could Google anything, but they want a coach and they want you. So show up, you know, own your space. You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist Cassie Knavel and professional esthetician and makeup artist Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Cassie here. Um, I just wanted to jump on really quickly and say thank you so much for being here, you guys. I know um, this is a really uh, scary and uncertain time for many of you. And we just, you know, Genevieve and I want you guys to know you are in our thoughts, you're in our prayers, and we are um, actively here to serve you in the sense of normalcy and hopefully allowing you to keep in a routine that serves you, gives you a little bit of self-care. So I just want to encourage you guys, like, go for a walk, try to be in the sunshine. If the sunshine is a thing, I'm in the Pacific Northwest, so it's not always a thing um, as you listen to the podcast. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to maintain a sense of normalcy here on Rebel Heart Radio. So we're going to be talking about the Enneagram and kind of wrapping up that discussion as we move into our discussion around business and starting a business and starting a podcast. And I can't wait for the next round of interviews that we're going to have coming up. And so we're here to serve you. We're here to serve you regular content um, through this uncertain time. And our hope is that you're able to kind of stick to your routine with us. And we appreciate you guys being here. We know that time is scarce anyway, but let alone when we've all got um, tiny humans running around our house who would normally be in school. And so we just want to thank you for, for showing up and being here with us. And this week, I'm so excited to welcome two incredible women to the podcast this week. We've got Christy Rolls from Full and Free Enneagram and Steph Baron Hall from Nine Types Co. on the podcast this week. And Christy has a master's degree in mental health therapy and is a certified Enneagram coach through her business Full and Free Enneagram. And Steph Baron Hall of Nine Types Co. is a writer, speaker, and certified Enneagram coach, and she's based in Northern California. And both of these women have had an incredible impact in the personal development Enneagram community, and they have joined forces to create Coaching Biz Activator, which is an eight-week program to equip passion-driven coaches and entrepreneurs to get out of their own way and build an impactful and profitable business that they love. And both of these incredible Enneagram and business coaches have used their own expertise and experience and education to create create a really tailored solution 
to the problems that, you know, coaches and entrepreneurs often have and get stuck in in their type so that they can grow. And so obviously you guys know we love Enneagram, we love business, we love shop talk. So this conversation is one I hope you guys are equally excited about. And this week is part one of our two-parter. Again, our conversation was so meaty and robust that we've got a two-parter on our hands. And uh, we are really excited to bring it to you. So this week, we're going to be going over types one through five. And next week, we'll have a focus on types six through nine. So we're really excited. And let's dig into this incredible conversation that I got to have with Christy and Steph. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Rebel Heart Radio. I could not be more excited to have these two incredible women on the podcast with me. So we've got Christy Rolls and Stephanie Hall of Coaching Biz Activator. And both of these women specialize in the Enneagram and have done a ton of coaching in that space. I've been consuming information from Stephanie for a long time, and she recently introduced me to Christy. And I am just so impressed with what you guys are bringing to the table. And it's really interesting. I think a lot of the Enneagram folks out there are kind of in this, you know, really introspective, personal, like dive deep and do all that hard work space. And you're in that, but you're also in that like, Hey, let's apply this to our business. And, you know, you have experience like starting a coaching business and facilitating that and sharing that with other people. And, you know, so many of our listeners are in that space of, you know, needing to, to figure out how do I start my coaching business? And we're talking, you know, not just about like, maybe you want to be an Enneagram coach because you guys have been geeking out on the podcast for the last <laughs> <Right>. three months. <laughs> um, or maybe, you know, you're ready to get into your health coaching business or whatever it looks like. Um, and I think we've got a lot of folks who are just going to be so excited to have some of those tangible ideas. And so today we're going to talk about like how the Enneagram can like inform our business growth and how building a business might be different for different types. And I am so excited for that conversation. Um, I feel like I have hangups that I'm always like, do other people have these hangups who are eights too? Or this is just like everybody. I don't know what this means. Um, so I'm really excited to have you guys. Welcome. Thanks so much for having us. Yes. Yeah. It's gonna be Stephanie, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and, and, uh, what you do over at nine types? Co? Sure. So, um, basically nine types co started as a way to sell coffee mugs around each Enneagram types so that was in 2017. And it's just kind of grown and transformed since then. So now I, um, have a coaching business. I mostly coach, um, women entrepreneurs now, and I absolutely love that. I really love having that purpose behind my coaching and, um, on Instagram, I basically try to help people, um, use the Enneagram for growth, um, internally and then connection with themselves and with others. So that's kind of my purpose, um, with nine types. Go. Well, you definitely, you definitely facilitate that. I feel like, you know, we all, those of us who all geek out about the Enneagram, we're constantly sharing like the slide <laughs> that pertains to our type and our stories and things like, and I just find myself sharing your stuff so much because it connects and it's also really beautiful, which is really important to me. So like the aesthetic. Yeah, oh yeah, so, um, so if you love the Enneagram stuff, but the meme stuff is just like, this is not pretty. Um, you need to go to nine types co cause you're going to get quality, like both, both visually and content wise. So I love, 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 love what you're sharing. So Chrissy, tell us about what you do and then yeah. like how you guys connected. Yeah. So, um, I actually am trained as a mental health therapist. So I did therapy for a little while. I ran an admissions office and did some marketing. Um, and then kind of was just 
exhausted um, because working in residential treatment is a lot. It's, it's a lot of um, heavy work. And so I decided I wanted to transition to full-time coaching, got certified in the Enneagram, um, and then have been doing it ever since. So I coach individuals and I would do a lot with couples and Steph and I both love working with organizations and teams. Like that's, that's super fun. Um, but then Steph and I connected, um, because we were both certified by the same uh, woman and we were in a group and I was like, I'd kind of told you before the call, I decided early on that I was going to try to woo Steph to be my friend. <laughs> and I love so that, that strategy. Could- you like set your eyes on a person and you're like, you don't know it yet, but we're going to be best friends. Yep. Yep. That's how I feel. And also I'm a six. And so I was like, I, one of the things, and we'll get to this, but one of the things that's super hard for sixes is to do it all by yourself because there's all mm. this second guessing and questioning. And I really love being on a team. And so I'm capable to do it by myself, but I would prefer to be with other people. So anyway, Steph was just like, yep, I like her. I want to work with her. This is going to be fun. So we started chatting and eventually it kind of, you know, we started just sharing biz tips and like, here's what I'm learning. Here's what you're learning. How can we help each other? How can we support each other? And it transitioned into, hey, I'm getting a lot of people asking me how I'm growing my business and how I'm doing this and how I'm getting steady clients and how I'm making these sales and whatnot. And stuff's like, yeah, me too. And so we started just brainstorming. Could we create something where we trained other people who wanted to start an impactful coaching business, not just with the Enneagram, but health coaching, fitness coaching, um, you know, if it's have a friend who does makeup and like makeup coaching or, you know, literally anything that it could be, um, you know, how do we help them build a business that they love that's impactful and also that pays their bills because it's one thing to be passionate about something. It's another thing to actually be able to build a business that makes money. So we have built that with the Coaching Biz Activator and it's just been a blast. I absolutely love that. There's such a huge difference between being passionate about something and making totally. money. Yep. And that translation is so, so big. So um, tell us more about the Coaching Biz Activator program. Like, what does that look like? Yeah, so we have three segments. Um, The first section or um, segment of it is how to get out of your own way. So basically, it's all about, like, entrepreneurial mindset, um, money mindsets, um, using the Enneagram to understand yourself a little bit better. um, Because we love this quote by Alison Faulkner, who um, has, like, Alison Brand School, and she was a YouTuber. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know who that is. She says, what's holding you back in life is holding you back in business. And isn't that so good? So good. Isn't it? I know. When we read it, it, we were like, what? That is cool. Christy got me to start following Allison. And I was like, oh, my gosh. She's incredible. (laughs) So I'm obsessed. It's so awesome. So um, that first section is all about that because that's really where the work starts of being an entrepreneur is starting internally. Mm -hmm. Um, And then because... At the end of the day, if you don't have paying clients, you don't have a business, you have a hobby. So you got to, you got to bring that money in to um, actually, you know, pay the bills and have a business and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Can we just get an amen to that? Amen. (laughs) And also like most of it, we don't come out of the womb knowing how to run our own company. I mean, most of us worked in a business before. Right. And so it's such a learning process. Like, and I think so many new business owners, whether they're coaches or or just entrepreneurs feel like I'm a dumb idiot because I don't know how to do this. It's not meant for me. I should just go back to Mm -hmm. nine to five. Or they feel like if they're not a type three or a type eight, they have no business being an entrepreneur. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I will say someone who's not a three or an eight, it does let the entrepreneurial culture is very geared towards that, like passionate, driven, energy. And so I've kind of been like, where's my place in this? Um, which has just been an interesting experience, but, 
um, yeah, there's just so much to learn. And so not knowing isn't evidence that you can't do it. It just means you've never done it before. And so like, if you learn how, if you learn all the things you need to know and how to get out of your own way first, then you can kill it in anything. Any skill is learnable, but you have to like get out of your own way and stop sabotaging your own success internally before you can really move forward. So well, and that's, there, there's a lot to be said about that coming from a six. Can we just have that yeah. moment right now? <laughs> because and it's really encouraging to, to me. I'm not, I'm not a six, but it's really encouraging to me to see a six being a successful entrepreneur because, you know, we all, and we'll talk more about this in a minute, but you know, one of the pitfalls for a six is like, what's the worst case scenario. And we're yes. constantly in that space of like, what's the worst case scenario. And it stops us up that fear does. Yeah. Um, and, um, it can be so frustrating. And I know that I coach a lot of Enneagram sixes in my beauty counter business. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of folks who are a six also have that like social justice piece deeply yeah. inside mm-hmm. of them too. And, um, I don't know all the inner workings of that, but I know we all kind of connect in that space. And so working with a company like beauty counter makes sense for them, but then it's like, Oh, did I just sign up to be an entrepreneur? What's happening right, right now? <laughs> right. <laughs> what do I do yeah. now? So yes. let's dig into that. I'm so excited to talk about, you know, I really want to dig into like, what are the joys? Like, what are the, the like advantages and what are the challenges that each type is going to see? Um, and probably a good idea to like walk through a, you know, just a very brief, obviously type description. Otherwise our episodes can be so long. Um, although our listeners are used to two parters for sure, as you guys might have noticed. Um, but the first question I want to ask you is, can every type be an entrepreneur? Yes. I love that. 100%. I mean, like it's, we got to smash through right. that. Right. Yeah. Cause it, it doesn't, you know, everybody needs coaching. Everybody needs help. And, uh, you know, we were just talking about this on a previous recording, but like one of the good indications for someone who's like really dedicated to their business is like, are you asking for help? Are you trying to get coaching in this space? Which is why I think it's so important to work with people yeah. like you guys. Yeah. So, um, do you guys get that question yeah, a lot? I do. And, um, or like people just think they're not cut out for it. Cause that's that first in that mm-hmm. first section um, of the activator. That's kind of something that we, we tackle is what is it about you that says, you know, I can't do it or I'm not capable. Um, and helping mm. people to see their own ability um, regardless of their Enneagram type and to help them guide into that. Um, and really quick before we move on, I, I want to jump in and, um, Mention the two other sections of our activator. Uh, yeah, please. Really quick. But um, just because I think it, it helps. The second section is practical business tips. So we literally talk about marketing, email list building, audience building, um, offers, pricing. Social media. Social media, all that stuff. And then the mm-hmm. third section is practical coaching skills. So Christy, like she mentioned, is a mental health counselor um, by training and I am getting a master's in organizational communication. So both of us together, we are able to kind of bridge the gap between um, teaching groups and organizations and stuff like that and teaching individuals. Obviously, we both have skills in the opposite one, but we kind of have a little bit of a specialization. So um, that's really awesome. And I think through that, that's really how each type can find their own niche as an entrepreneur because they're like, oh, you're not only telling me I can be an entrepreneur, you're giving me all the skills I need to be a successful Mm -hmm. coach. Yeah. It's really rare to see, you know, a program that's going to work on mindset and practical in the Mm -hmm. same foul swoop. And I think that's like incredible that you guys have created that so valuable. I mean, and 
yeah. we've heard a lot from our coaches that are, are in it that how incredible it is and everything, which is awesome for us because we set out thinking this is going to be amazing. It's going to be great. And then <laughs> we're like, so let us know. Is it? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And that, I mean, it's so hard to know until you get some of that feedback, but I think you set it up in such a smart way because it really is that stepwise. Like we have to get our mindset right, you know, in that first section that you guys have before we can kind of move on to these practical steps. Cause you need to have so much more clarity walking yeah. into, you know, the what in the how of your business and not being stuck in the, you know, the space of like, okay, you know, what is it that I want to do and how do I accomplish that? A lot of us, you know, whether it be like being in that entrepreneur space, we can struggle with like, what is, you know, what is the big vision? What is the end goal? We're not all threes and eights who are like, you know, or even nines who are so forward thinking, right. Um, of, of what we want and, and what we want to get out of life. But yeah, I think that's so valuable to have that ordering and then also obviously to have both components and be able yeah. to facilitate that. So it sounds like you guys are pretty much a match made in heaven. <laughs> It is a fun process too, because what, what we learned and even in our own certification program, you know, whether, whatever industry you're in, you get trained in your area of expertise, whether it's health yes. or, um, beauty or, um, Enneagram or life coaching or mm-hmm. conflict mediation or literally whatever it is, you get trained on that thing, but you don't often get coached up how to grow a business and also how to do the coaching. Like you're you a definitely master don't. of your topic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like no one teaches you how to actually help clients create lasting change. And so that's kind of mm-hmm. what our hope is in that last section as well. Like how do you actually not just know these things in your head, but how do you help people implement it in their lives and create change? So it's really fun. But um, so back and to- I, the entre- I think that's a, yeah, I was go going to say, I just think that's a really valuable piece. Even if you're not someone who wants to go into one-on-one or group coaching, yeah. even if you're someone who's like an online educator, which I think a lot of people who listen to the podcast probably are mm-hmm. like, you still need to know what's the optimal way for you to educate, to create lasting change in that person's life. Cause they need to see the value in what you're offering to them. Truly. And to so not big. forget too, that like the way that you coach, like if I'm coaching a seven and I'm coaching a four, the way that I'm approaching them as a coach, whether it's life coach, business coach, whatever is very different. I have a friend who's a seven who has a coach who wants her to do an hour of meditation a day. <laughs> She's working really hard, <laughs> but for a seven, that is a big ask. Whereas if you're asking a four or a nine to do an hour long meditation, it's not necessarily a big ask, you know, generally speaking. So yeah, if you're a coach understanding that the way that you coach different types does, you know, matter a lot. So anyway, it really does. Yeah. It informs a lot of what I do in business, how I work with other people. So love it. All right. We're ready to dig into some, some joys and, and, uh, strengths and then some challenges for each type. All right, Chris, do you want to start? Sure. So we can start with the ones. So, I mean, ones, obviously I often refer to them as moral perfectionists, um, that nickname. And so really their expertise as entrepreneurs is wanting to do things well and not just, not just like good, but excellently. They really have such high Mm. standards and the work that they put out is incredible. It's so thoughtful. It's wise, it's grounded. Um, and it's beautiful usually. The problem sometimes with ones is that they get so focused on doing things perfectly that it stops them from actually taking action. Like until I know that I know that I know that this is the best and absolutely perfect, I'm not going to put it out there, which is heartbreaking because people, they need what you're doing. And honestly, mm-hmm. what I what I often want to say to ones, what I say to ones <laughs> is your good is everybody else's excellent. 
You know, mm-hmm. like you, your standard is so incredibly high that whatever you put out, even if it feels mediocre to you, is incredible. And so trusting yourself, trusting that what you do is good enough um, and just allowing it to kind of be put out there. Um, I think for once, another difficulty as um, coaches or entrepreneurs is wanting everything to be done so perfectly that um, they don't delegate or hire things out that need to be hired out. And so part of being wise to grow a business is being able to hire out the things that you're not as gifted at. And so ones need to be able to do that in a way that they're not micromanaging every single person um, that they're hiring or that they like won't hire anybody because they can't do it as good as them. Um, and so that that's really important for ones to keep in mind as well. Um, and then I also think that's something that's really essential for ones that can really help them is setting deadlines and then sticking to them. Like, you know, Steph and I say like done is better than perfect. And so that's, that is just true for an entrepreneur. The other thing, you know, we often don't want to put things out until we know that they're going to be amazing, which duh, nobody wants to look stupid. Nobody wants to fail. But as Marie Forleo says that we're, Steph and I are both big fans of her, like clarity comes with action. So you just have to like put it out there and when then you well, can and see. so much excellence, so much excellence comes with feedback. Yes. Like totally. that's how we respond to, um, you know, matching the needs of the people we're presenting information to or programs to or whatever it is, you know, um, I have a lot of friends who are in the design space, mm-hmm. um, who are ones, which is, I mean, no one's surprised by that. Right. <laughs> but you guys, are you listening right now? Please yes. listen to Christy. <laughs> um, but it's, it's just, as you said, you know, like the, if they wait until things are per, it's never going to be perfect yeah. in their eyes. That standard is so high yeah. that no matter what they're going to do, they're always going to have to exercise showing up um, you know, done better than perfect. And I always say, go ugly early, right? Yes, you have good. to go, you have to go ugly and, and, and be comfortable with that. And that's a really hard thing for a one to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so yeah. true. I think one thing too, that makes it hard is ones feel like how their project goes or how their coaching package sells or whatever the thing is that it's a direct reflection of them. Mm. And it's really hard as an entrepreneur because you aren't your business. And this is this is hard for me too. Me and my husband had a conversation <laughs> recently where he was kind of pushing back on something and I'm like, but the business has feelings. And he's like, that's the thing though. It doesn't have feelings. You have feelings. And I was like, burn, that had stung. <laughs> um, but it was so helpful because I'm like, I'm over-identifying with my work. And so if my, if my project sells, then I'm awesome. If it doesn't, then I suck. And for ones, mm. particularly with that fixation on good and bad, I really want to be good. I want to be perfect. If what you put out doesn't, it, it literally means nothing about you. It, it's actually just feedback so that you can make your thing better. So ones have got to learn to welcome failure and discomfort and try and going ugly first so that they can make it better. Like that's the path. It's not avoiding that. And there's no way to think yourself to perfection. You've just got to do it and figure it out as you go. And so, you know, like part of, you know, part of the getting out of your own way for ones to know when those things come up, it's not evidence that they're, that they suck and that they're not made for this. It's just evidence that like for them to just learn to say, Oh shit, like that's my one coming up again. That's it. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, this is just my stuff. That's all. And I can move on. Oh, so good. 
Oh my gosh. I'm like, I'm having a moment where I was like, ones, are you listening? Like, please, please. <laughs> I know this is such a big struggle and everything that you just described is everything that my one colleagues are kind of always bring to the table, either in a mastermind or a coaching conversation. And, um, it's so tough to move forward when you're stuck in that cycle. It really is. So what about twos? So twos, um, it's funny cause I feel like twos get such a bad rap. Like, I feel like a lot of people are like, Oh, twos can't be leaders. Twos are the great, you know, second in command. And sure. Yeah. My uh, podcast co host Genevieve oh, is a two. Great. And so. you're an eight, right? Yep. So that's a great combo. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It is. Um, yeah. And so the thing about twos is sure, they probably do make a great second in command, um, but they also make great entrepreneurs because um, mm-hmm. they're very hard workers because they're able to see what is mm-hmm. needed and apply themselves to that. And so they're quick to jump in on an email or or whatever they need to do in order to move forward um, because they are very relational and they're very connected to their work. Um, And I think twos actually see connections not just between like people, but I think they also see the connections between ideas. And so they're kind of able to see things in like a web or like a network almost. Um, I think that's like one of their superpowers. But sometimes they're so relational that entrepreneurship can feel lonely because they spend a lot of time trying to be everything to everyone and they want to show up fully for every person in their lives, right? So um, when they are trying to show up fully for everyone else, sometimes they don't show up fully for themselves and for their business. Um, And that can be really, really challenging, especially when entrepreneurship requires a lot of you, you know? Mm-hmm. It really does. <laughs> it does. It really does. Yeah. yeah. I feel for the twos. I think I feeling equipped is something that I think a lot of twos really struggle with to like move forward in business. But once they finally get to the space where they can start to set some personal boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. First, then we can enter into the space of, okay, what are some business boundaries and how can I accomplish? Like, what is it that I need to accomplish and not get distracted by the relational yeah. piece? It's yeah, really hard. I mean, it is, it is kind of a blind spot because their entire life and like almost um, perspective on the world is shaped by wanting to be helpful for others and wanting to connect with others and um, all of that stuff. But they don't realize that while that is meaningful and that's a good thing, um, actually growing their business is a way that they can also do that. And so they often have to say no to some of the things that they would love to do otherwise so that they can grow their business Um, Mm -hmm. because they often suppress their own desires and become in absorbed in what they should do for others. So um, yeah, I think that's the biggest blind spot um, that twos like kind of undervalue themselves. And so if they're able to Mm -hmm. connect to their value that they bring and all the amazing things about them, that's when they're actually going to be able to be more successful and see how their business is a just another way for them to serve people and connect with people. Um. Mm-hmm. I, I wish the twos in my life would see that their p- 
path toward entrepreneurship that involves usually like a ton of like teaching and education and help and this really beautiful thing that they bring to the table. Um, you know, and everybody knows I'm also referring to Genevieve in this sentence right now, but I wish they would know how many more people they could help if they just value that entrepreneur side of them and realize how many more people they can reach because the stretch of your own personal, you know, one-on-one interactions with people, you only have, you know, so much of a network that you can connect with. But like, this is one of the joys of social media and having an online platform for a business. Like you can help people who you have never met. Um, and maybe you never will. And that's super impactful and Mm -hmm. like should be such a driving motivation for a two, you know? So for twos, we really recommend that in order to tap into that, that they actually get clear on their why. Like what is the driving motivation underneath why they're building this business? And then set aside time without distraction to get their stuff done so that um, they can actually give their business the space and attention it it needs and that they can serve their own passions. Um, Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the time those need to come first, right? And so serving their own passions and building something that they love that makes them money um, is going to be the best way to actually eventually to serve others and um, do all of those things that they want to do as well. Um, And so to do that, they probably need to actually like turn off their Wi-Fi, turn off their phone, turn off everything else and focus so that nobody else can really like get in contact with them because that way they can focus on what they need rather than focusing on what others might need around them oh my gosh I just want to like (laughs) really violently clap over here but it would just mess up the audio um well and what you know interesting piece was like what you said is like really get alone with no distractions um everything is a distraction to it too everything and anything that like they can call uh you know like something that's important everything's important to it too (laughs) So having that ability to like really minimize those things and have solo time to get done what you need to get done is so important. And I've seen this firsthand with Genevieve, who's business partner as well. And, uh, you know, I think one of the biggest things that, that I've talked about with the twos in my life, which I'm an eight, I have very few twos that I connect with, Mm. which is really interesting. It's always a very healthy thing when I connect with a healthy two. Um, so I'm very grateful to have Genevieve, but one of the things that, um, you know, she has kind of had to learn the hard way as a two is that, you know, she's, she's spent her life. Um, not creating boundaries and increasing people's expectations of her. And then the thought process is always like, well, well, what happens when I'm, when I'm gone and Mm -hmm. I can't be gone, which turning your phone on airplane mode to get your work done feels like being gone. And so it's been a long process for her to get into a space of, you know, realizing like, okay, I have to equip everybody to be comfortable with me being gone and, and realize that I've set that expectation up myself and that yeah. I need to be the one to change that, which is absolutely huge. Okay. And uh, it's been really interesting to watch and very transformative. And, and another thing I think twos really struggle with too is having the um, 
mindset of actually treating their business like a business rather than a side hustle or whatever it is. Um, that designation is so important. And what you guys were kind of talking about in the, like, that's what you guys do in your program. Like, let's take this from a passion and turn it into a real thriving, actual successful business that's making you money and paying your damn bills. Like it's important. And that's a hard jump for it too, because, you know, they're not in a space of, of being able to prioritize what they feel like is themselves, but Mm -hmm. it really is their business. And, you know, just as you were talking about Christy with ones is like that externalization of like oh my business doesn't have feelings like it's separate from me and um, but it's going to be the thing that allows me to help more people so I think too so much of what you were saying is so spot on and when I think about a lot of numbers particularly ones that aren't three sevens or eights there is this sense of like it's difficult for the rest of us to step up and own our space and Mm -hmm. that is especially true for twos because Um, you know, twos, threes, and fours, all being in that heart triad, having this kind of underlying message that who I really am isn't wanted. So I have to kind of take on this persona, whether it's a helper or a successful achiever, or, you know, this really individual person, whatever that image may be for twos. I think it's like, who am I really? And do people really want that? And so I twos really trying, you know, getting a lot of the coaches that we work with say things like, I don't feel like people really care that it's like me, you know, that they feel like, well, there's a billion people out there. Why would they care? And it's like, sis, you are the it factor of your business. Like you are it. You are what makes people say yes to you. Like they could Google anything, but they want a coach and they want you. So show up, you know, own your space. Um, and not to mention too, just another side note, like if I'm a two and I want to be a great mom or a great wife or a great friend or a great whatever, like you are able to do that when you also tend to yourself. And so Mm. twos really have to learn to like, I deserve space also, and I deserve to follow my own passions. And a a two who has a hobby or a business, either one, something that's just for them are way healthier and love people way better with way less strings attached. So I think that's really important for twos to learn as well. So good. Praise hands over here. (laughs) Praise emoji hands. And you know, I want a couple of the questions and not like all of these kind of inner, inner questions that we ask ourselves are so important for each type, but the two has really stuck with me is like, what's mine to do. Mm -hmm. And, and then also the piece of, you know, have I met my own needs before I'm working really hard to meet the needs of others. And then I take that step further and I'm like, have you met your wants before you take care of other people's needs? Like, what are your needs? What are your wants? And then we'll worry about other people's needs. And that internalization of everyone's needs is kind of like your responsibility. That's a hard thing to let go of. And that kind of allows that boundary setting to ask that question. Um, and that's something that, you know, twos have to ask themselves all the time. Like, is this actually mine to do? Which, you know, depends on if you're in like a, you know, you're just trying to grow your personal business or you in a place of delegation in your business. What does that look like? But right. yeah, I feel for my two entrepreneurs. Cause I feel like just as you were saying stuff, like, twos can be really incredible entrepreneurs because they have their finger on the pulse of what people need help yes. with because they see everyone yeah. and it's so powerful so powerful twos can be so. crazy effective marketers <laughs> speaking right? right to the heart of their customer like it's unbelievable so they so much power so much capacity there to be amazing so good be encouraged too yes please be encouraged well steph do you want to take three since that's kind of your wheelhouse sure yeah, so Stephanie's a three. I'm a three. Um, and three is often, this is going to sound a little bit like I'm tooting my own horn here for a sec, but you know what? That's that's fine. And also, we'll get into the hard stuff too, so no worries. 
Um, so threes often have the drive and the gumption, the follow through to make things happen in their business, which is really kind of their superpower. That's why people often stereotype threes in the way that they do, or they think that all entrepreneurs have to be threes, things like that. Um, threes tend to come off as very self-assured, which actually helps clients to trust them because, Mm -hmm. um, especially at the beginning, they're like, Oh, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm going for it. And they feel really capable. Um, and sometimes they get the reputation for being workaholics, but it's just really they want to be the best they possibly can at whatever they're doing. And so they are willing to really forsake all else to, to do that, right? So a lot of the time, um, threes in entrepreneurship um, have an idea and they're able to go at it full force. And typically, most threes tend to be able to also not only take action on stuff, but actually think through the things that they need to do in order to make it happen. Um, mm -hmm. So it's kind of funny because this is actually my second business that I've um, started. Uh, no one's surprised right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my first one was, um, I was a wedding florist. So basically how that happened is I hated flowers. <laughs> and then I was like, um, I was getting married though. So this is like several years ago. And I was like, started looking at flowers and I was like, Oh, there's actually a way to make flowers in arranged in a way that I actually love. And it is really beautiful to me and stuff. And so basically I was like, I'm going to do this. So I went to a little one floral arranging class and then I was like, yeah, I'm totally going to start taking on weddings. Not, not a great idea. <laughs> Just like had so much of that gumption that it was a little bit, a little much. Um, but I was, you know, I was, I was pretty young. So I just was, I was going to say, was how 23. old were you at this time? See, this is a really interesting thing. Like most, uh, most threes and or eights can recall back to like the first time they entered entrepreneurship as like teenage years totally. or very early twenties. It's yeah. fascinating. And so I actually like, I had these goals. I wanted to be featured on style me pretty, um, green wedding shoes, you know, so these are my goals. Right. So, um, and something interesting happened. One, I worked full time the entire time I ran my business. So I worked weekends for my floral business and then I worked my nine to five. And then I hit my goals. I, I was featured in Style Me Pretty. I was featured in Green Wedding Shoes. And I was like, all right, I'm done. Of course you were. And then I was like, kind of like done. And, you know, it, it, it is a challenge because, um, so that was like the positive thing. The negative side of that is I wasn't as prepared as I should have been. Right. Because I, I definitely needed a lot more training and a lot more experience in terms of just actually how do you do flowers for a wedding? Like now when people actually reach out to me about that, I'm like, go freelance for another florist for a couple of years first, yes. you know, um, but that's not something that I did because I was like, I got this. I can do it on my own, um, which is totally can and should are different. Right. Yeah. Like I so want to do it on my own, but I ran myself ragged because of how much I worked. Mm -hmm. um, and so stepping back from that was a really, really hard choice, but um, mm -hmm. it actually helped me to, now I have that experience. For a long time, it, I totally was like, I'm a failure, you know, when I stepped back from it. And then mm -hmm. reshaped that um, narrative to, I failed. And then reshaped that narrative again to, I learned something that I didn't know before. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so, so yeah. Failure is so informing. Yeah, it's really. Right. I mean, it's the best teacher. It, 
Absolutely. hundred percent, but very hard for a three, very hard for a three. And so like what you described is so interesting. So Cassie Joy is a colleague of mine in the nutrition and health and food blogging space and beauty counter as well. Um, and she actually has an excellent business podcast called Driven, which I highly recommend people listening to. Um, but she talks a lot about how threes kind of build their parachute. They jump and then they build their parachute on the way down and everyone else like builds their parachute before they jump. And so 100%. sometimes that works. Sometimes they just happen to get the parachute done at the exact right moment before they hit the ground. And then sometimes they hit the ground before they're yeah. done building well, it. And, and part of the challenge is like with threes, I think this is true of a lot of sevens and eights as well, but threes want everything done yesterday. So they have an idea and they're like, <laughs> yeah, I really resonate with like, that. Why isn't this done yet? You know what I mean? And so for us, mm-hmm. When Christy and I are teaching this, we really recommend that threes actually take a step back and reassess, refocus their priorities, um, notice what they really want, and then move forward. Um, Because a lot of the time, the relational parts get left out, and that leaves other people Mm. feeling kind of left behind or or like the three isn't even there. Um, And... Threes just get so like tunnel visioned and focused that they don't even see what's right in front of them. Like it's really hard, I think, for threes to see their own successes and to celebrate them. And then it's also hard for them Mm -hmm. to see what is in the present. They're just so, so future oriented. Um, Mm -hmm. It's really funny because I am in this type three Facebook group and all of us are like um, have talked about this thing where we like if we have a nice perfume or a nice candle or a nice bottle of wine or something, we save it. And I think it's like save it for a future date when we like deserve it. And it's like this concept that like when we um, get to that point or when we achieved all these things, um, then we'll deserve it and we'll be good and we'll have arrived and all these things. But the problem with threes is that like that bar is always moving. So it's always moving. Always. The goalpost is getting moved forward all the Mm -hmm. time. And you're never in the space where you feel like, I mean, there's just no such thing as a rival at all. Right. But you you never feel like you've accomplished enough to deserve that reward. And it's, I mean, like so important for three business owners to set really small incremental goals for themselves and reward themselves along the way rather than and like naming that before they move into that space rather than moving the goalpost and I can definitely resonate with that too it's like you know you you reach some huge milestone like I reach a huge milestone in my beauty counter business and reach a super high title and I'm like okay got to go to the next one like I can't I'm not even worried about that anymore moving on to the next thing and you don't you don't stop to have that moment and realize like what you've accomplished, reflect back and try to understand what you've learned about what went well and what didn't go well. I think that reflection piece when it comes to business is really hard for threes and eights Mm -hmm. as well, because we're, like you said, so forward oriented. Yeah. But dang, threes are good. They're good (laughs) at entrepreneurship. It's really, I mean, it's such a natural space that I I totally understand. Even as an eight, like I look at a three and I'm like, God dang it, why am I not a three? Um, (laughs) Because because of that aptness to be like, oh, of course, what would I I do other than be an entrepreneur? Of course I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Um, And I know not all threes are, but it just seems so natural that I think it pushes a lot of us out, you know, and or we allow ourselves to feel pushed out 
of the, oh, like I can't really occupy that space. So I'm just really happy we're having this conversation yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. We see you, all types. Yeah. You can do this. Yes, truly. Can we talk about fours? Oh my yeah. gosh. Let's do it. So, um, you know, I was actually just talking with four earlier today, a client, and we were just talking about um, how sometimes, so she works nine to five. She tried to be an entrepreneur for a while and then didn't really work out for her. She was like, I don't really think this is a fit for me. And then went back to nine to five. But as we were kind of talking, one of the things that came up was, um, like at work, if, if a four is assigned a task that they feel like is meaningless, it's so hard to do it. Like, it feels like, what is the point? I like, there's so much more important things in life. And this is just like a waste of time. (laughs) And like, not that it's beneath me in like an arrogant sort of way, but just like, that's not, doesn't matter enough for me to like be engaging with or that it makes it important to me. And so fours really deeply care about doing things that are, that they're passionate about, that feel like they have depth, that feel like they have meaning. Um, fours are really incredible visionaries. Like I love the imagination of a four. It's so beautiful and it makes me so excited for them. Like their ability to visualize and idealize this business or the impact of their business is so powerful. And it makes for a really incredible why that can really help drive them when they are having hard days or when they're feeling kind of discouraged or frustrated or they're, they're stuck doing the menial tasks. Because I mean, part of being an entrepreneur, you're not just doing the thing you love all day, you know, like as coaches, we, we got into it because we love coaches or you're in beauty counter because you love the products and you love how it affects, you know, your skin and your whatever else. But like the reality is there's also spreadsheets and there's marketing strategy and there's figuring tech out. Like w- when you're an entrepreneur, you are not just the department that you love. You're also HR <laughs> and the CEO yes. and the yes. CFO. And like you have to do a lot of things you don't love to do. And sometimes that can be really challenging for fours. Um, so again, always a tip to hire out what you're not good at and focusing on your skills. Um, I think another thing too, to note for fours is they tend to, you know, the, the counter side of that imagination or the idealism is it, it takes a lot of energy to shift from dreaming about it to actually taking action on it. Um, and then even when they take action for fours, it, they really can range from being incredibly driven and striving for excellence, like in that one space, um, to also being like really hypercritical and perfectionistic and um, comparing their work to other people's like envy and comparison is a really big thing for type fours. And so um, on, on, on some ways, like comparing yourself can be motivational, but a lot of times for fours, it actually winds up feeling making them feel like they're less than or they don't have Mm -hmm. what it takes or that their business isn't as good or that other people know something that they don't know or they have this thing figured out that they don't or Mm -hmm. that they could never be in this place. And so it it can be really discouraging. So I'm I'm always very careful with fours to be like, watch how much time you're spending on social. Like, are you on there strategically or are you on there scrolling? Because it's not, especially for fours, not helpful to just be on there scrolling. Like you don't need, go ahead. We all struggle with that. Like we all do. So like, but especially for a four, and this is so funny. We just had a, a, like a business retreat in Portland this last weekend. And one of the things that I was talking to people about is when you're really struggling with like showing up well on social media and being productive in that space, you have to put a boundary on consumption of social media and focus on production only. Yeah. So like 
you know, you can follow or unfollow or just practice some self-control around that. But like, you know, if you're going on to post something, you should just be posting something and then moving on. Um, and I, it sounds so silly. Um, but one of the fours and I, in the room, we're talking about how like we'll hop on our social media channel and be like, okay, Cassie, you are logging on to, like talking to yourself. You're logging on to Instagram <laughs> to literally post these three stories right now. You're tagging this person, and this person, and then you're done. And yes. you have to, I will like have to remind myself that that's what I'm doing. Cause my inclination is like, I hop in there and I'm going to go watch some stories and see what other people are doing. Right. Or in the, in the realm of, you know, something like beauty counter or like direct sales. I know we keep going there, but I think, you know, so many of these kind of hangups apply to all these different businesses Mm -hmm. or folks who are, you know, you know, fellow nutritional therapists that listen to this podcast. Um, and you follow all of these other health coaches in the space. Um, it's very easy to, to take a look at what they're doing and feel like you're not doing enough or what you're doing is not unique. And like that unique piece for a four is so important. And that envy can drive so much doubt and so much just inactivity that when you can break through that, like a four is unstoppable. They're so motivated. Um, it's really, really impressive and have that, you know, when they're able to take a step back and and not worry about what other people are doing, they actually can actually really live in that really individualist, expressive, beautiful space. Yes. Yes. I am. Steph and I are both, um, big fans of Liz Gilbert who wrote the book, big magic. Yes. And it is, I would deeply recommend that for a type four because it's all about trusting your create your own creativity and not mm. comparing it. And just, I think, you know, before you're an entrepreneur or a, a coach or a, a business owner or whatever, like social media is literally just social. I mean, you go on to consume and so you'll post a little bit here and there, but like you're consuming, but when you become an entrepreneur and you're using sh- social media as part of your business strategy, it is no longer a personal tool. It is a part of your business. And so if you wouldn't just like go back and read through all your emails, then you shouldn't also be just reading through social. Like that's not a helpful use of your time. Um, and so I, I think that that, yeah, is really important. So what what we often tell force too is like stop comparing your work in progress to other people's done. Stop yes. comparing your own creativity to other people's creativity. Um, if you are just present in who you are and you're so connected to your own inner voice and your own inner spirit and letting your work flow out of that, you will not doubt it. It's only when you compare it to other people's is mine different enough? Is it unique enough? Is it original enough? Have I tapped this? Un- you know, like I heard, I don't know what Billie Eilish's type is, who knows, right? But like, I'm obsessed with her. God, I love um, her. I freaking love her. <laughs> and I heard her say in an interview recently, I think it was with Vanity Fair, they asked her, like, what is, what's something that you, you really tried to do in the beginning of creating music that you have given up on or like, you know, grown out of? And she said, when I first started, I really was committed to, to creating music that people had never heard before or like saying things that people had never heard before. And she was like, which feels so for, like, I really want to create this unique impact and it's beautiful and everything exists under the sun. So like, you're not creating new information, but again, you are the it factor. So if you can just show up with your own creative self, like, and trust that, then you've done enough. Like that's, that's unique enough, just you being you. So really trying to like, trust that, um, the other last tip I would say for fours that we often coach is be religious about your scheduling and your strategy mm-hmm. because if you are 
if you don't take a proactive approach and you just like show up every day, well, your feelings, especially for fours, I mean, they sway and they come and go by the minute. Um, and, and maybe by the minute is dramatic, but by the hour, by the day, especially. And so it's like, you can't, it's not, it's not strategic for you to just wake up and like figure out what you're going to do today. Like you really need to be more structured than that to be more supportive so that even when you don't feel good, your business isn't suffering. So I think that that is helpful. It's definitely a learned practice over time. Um, but I think that's really important for force too. Oh my goodness. Okay. So fives, this, I haven't uh, like met a lot of five entrepreneurs, but the ones that I have met are like so smart and so innovative with their business. It's fascinating. I can't wait to get into yeah, this. So fives quickly become experts in their fields because that's just how they operate is that they learn, they research, they do all the work and everything. And they often become experts as well because unlike threes who, you know, build the parachute on the way down, right? Um, <laughs> fives are doing all the research and experimentation and all of that stuff first before they ever even have the intention of like setting out as an entrepreneur. So um, mm -hmm. they're kind of just like a wealth of information and they like to be in charge of their time. So often um, and their energy and all that kind of stuff. So that is kind of what I think sometimes will push them to entrepreneurship that or people are recognize their expertise and consistently will say, Hey, why don't you come and talk to my team about this? Why don't you teach us this? And then that's when they'll kind of jump in and be like, Oh, maybe, you know, I should, as they start getting paid for it and then replace their other income. You know, I think it's more of a process with fives for sure, but um, mm, they can find success in business because they're so thoughtful and deliberate and they're very strategic in planning. Um, and they're just like really well-versed in, in everything that they do. Um, and so their big challenge though, I think is marketing because they're so private and they don't really want to be self-promotional. They're like, here is the information, take it or leave it. You might like it, you might not, but here it is. Um, and so they sometimes feel like marketing or, or promoting their work is less important than being knowledgeable. And so, um, and that paired with, with sometimes being a little bit reticent to take action means that sometimes fives will wait a long time or they, they won't do the thing that they know they need to do um, because they are waiting until they feel fully ready and fully prepared and fully knowledgeable, et cetera. Um, Which doesn't exist right. for fives. <laughs> like for threes <laughs> that finish line keeps going back, the knowledge of like, I'm, I'm ready doesn't exist mm -hmm. for fives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, but I think that's also part of the reason they can be so innovative, like you mentioned, because they never see something as fully finished. Even if it's out in the world, they're, they're constantly seeing ways that they can improve it and adjust it and um, all that kind of stuff because they are always open to new information. Um, and so that's kind of their superpower, right? And it's also the challenge. It's kind of why a lot of the time fives don't actually put things out there and they don't move forward with their business. Um, but once they do, they're obviously really great entrepreneurs. They also like cultivate trust really well too. Because those, I mean, like those experts in your life, you're like, oh, I know this person's, this person's an expert in nutrition. I know I'm going to be able to throw any question at them and I can just point blank take their advice and not have to do any research myself because they did 
more research than I could ever do. Um, I have a, I have a close friend who is a cookbook author and she works in the nutrition space as well. And, uh, if I'm ever curious about like whether a supplement actually does what it says it does, even though I know this information, it's always like the version or the brand or the, I reach out to her and I'm like, tell me, is this collagen a good collagen? And she's (laughs) like, oh no, no, no. Here's what's happening on the back. Cause she's already like, she knows the supply chain of that product. It's a pretty amazing, um, how deep that knowledge goes. And so it builds, I think for me, like it's built a lot of trust Mm -hmm. and knowing like, oh, if I'm going to look for something that I know is in her wheelhouse, I'm going there first for sure. Which I mean, that trust is so hard for so many of us to cultivate in our business. Yeah, And I think too, that's the thing about fives is that they do become experts in one thing. So they're not trying to become an expert in everything at once. They become an expert in one thing and then they, they've kind of conquered that and then they go to the next thing. And so, um, I think that is really valuable. I actually have a friend who's a five and um, he has a podcast. And so if I ever have questions about like platforms or different things like that, I'll, I'll be like, Hey, like, you know, what's the best way to, you know, record or mic up or whatever. And, and he's always got the mm-hmm. best answer. So. Yeah. Needless to say, when I'm ready to write a cookbook, I'm going to be calling her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> totally. Yep. So the thing that we want to ask to ask fives is, what if you already have all the information you need to move forward? Um, so that endless research can actually kind of be unproductive. Um, even though it feels productive at the beginning, it actually can turn into procrastination. There's such a thing as diminishing marginal return people. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. So, um, actually pursuing their ideas is going to be, again, clarity comes with action, right? So Mm -hmm. pursuing their ideas and and, confidence too. Yeah. For fives, confidence comes with action. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, um, I think for, for fives too, like understanding what's underneath that desire for more information, like Mm -hmm. if it's fear or if it's anxiety or if it's the desire to look competent, all those things, um, like understanding that is going to be helpful, but then also acknowledging that like, just because they don't feel ready doesn't mean they aren't ready. Mm -hmm. Um, there is a thing of like going scared and I, that's terrifying for fives, but it is so, so important. Like they just literally have to do it. And that's when they'll find that clarity and that confidence that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So good. Yes. And then, yeah, again, like with fours, setting a deadline and moving forward. And um, mm. that's going to be the key. Like deadlines are pretty necessary and powerful for everyone, but a three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They've set their own deadline. Their deadline was yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sometimes <laughs> I get like- us in trouble too, though. <laughs> yes, very true. Which you, I mean, you did cover for yeah, sure. Yeah, so yeah. please tell us how folks can take your business coaching program, coaching biz activator. I love that. I love how <laughs> active that feels like as an A, I'm yeah. just like, yes, do the things, um, you know, for folks who are coaches, like, let's talk about like, who's right for this program mm-hmm. and, um, and when's the next time you're running it and how can people kind of get, get a finger on the pulse of like, what's going on for you guys? Yeah. Yeah. So we have an Instagram that you can follow. Um, it is Coaching Biz Activator um, on Instagram. So you can follow us there. All of our info is on there. You can get the link in our bio has um, to sign up for our wait list. Our next group is running summer of 2020. So we're excited about that. We are wrapping up uh, the group that we're in right now. And then we're going to launch the next one um, in summertime. So it is an eight-week program. 
And like we said, we spend the first two weeks on getting out of your own way, tons of mindset stuff. We look at the Enneagram, obviously, because that's our niche. And also, you know, it's just such a helpful tool with entrepreneurship. But we also cover things like money mindsets and having a like solid weekly schedule. Like how do you manage your time? You've never been an entrepreneur before. How do you do some of these things to help set you up for success? The second um, section is four weeks long and it's practical biz tips. So we cover everything from identifying your niche and ideal client to deciding like what your brand colors are to brand messaging to landing podcasts to building your audience through email list building to social media. Like we have a big, I'll have a whole week on social media, specifically on Instagram because that's kind of our niche as well. Um, so that, that section is packed. And then the last two weeks are all about coaching. So how do you actually help your clients make lasting change in their lives? How do you take the knowledge that you have and help people integrate it and apply it in their lives? Um, and so I bring obviously my clinical background for some of the individual and marriage or, you know, couple coaching stuff. Um, and then Steph brings her organizational leadership background for a lot of the workshop teaching and things like that. Like how do you run events? How do you market workshops? How do you pitch? How do you, you know, it's, all the nitty gritty, all the things that we dreamed that someone would have taught us when we were first starting our businesses. So that is the group. We also have a, um, we are kind of pulling out the get out of your own way section and offering that um, sometime in 2020, we're still kind of working out details of when that's coming. But um, what we're, a lot of the feedback that we've gotten is like, hey, I'm not really a coach. I'm maybe I work in a like um, MLM or I'm a different kind of entrepreneur. I run a brick and mortar or something like that, but I know that I'm in my own way and I'm sabotaging my own success. So we wanted to pull that and pull that out and do something kind of like a digital product or course specifically on that topic. So um, those are things coming this year. That's how you can find us. Um, what else would you say, Steph? Um, I would just say we, so for us, like our vision is that we equip passion-driven entrepreneurs and coaches to get out of their own way and build an impactful and profitable business that they love. Mm -hmm. So yeah. if that is you, then our courses are for you. Um, so that's super important. I mean, yeah, people who are overwhelmed, people who are tired of spinning their wheels, um, people who are trying to build a coaching business, but um, they don't even know how to get clients or they don't know where to start, um, all of those things. So that's who we specifically serve. And um, definitely a lot of women coaches um, and women entrepreneurs have signed up. And so that's not not solely, but um, that's basically who we've been serving. So. Well, I think as women, we're always looking for like mentorship from other women because yeah, they get totally. it because we don't fit the status quo of corporate world or anything like that. And, um, I could talk about that for, uh, that's a whole nother episode, but go ahead, Christy. <laughs> well, I was just saying, you know, we have, and we have people all along the path. So like our, a lot of, um, coaches that we're working with now or that are in our program now are kind of just starting, like recently finished their certification program or are even some of them like finishing it up. Um, and they're kind of wanting it as like, preemptive knowledge to build a business that's awesome when they first go around. Um, but then also like we have some coaches that are like a year in who have really done like dug into the nitty gritty, have like laid a solid foundation. And this is an amazing program for them because they've already like tried some things, got some things and they can really apply the knowledge in a really different way. So all along the path is really a fit. But if you're, if you have a business, you've started it going a little bit. Um, this could be a really awesome program for you to, to kind of elevate you to that next level. 
Yeah, absolutely. I could see someone who's just getting started having massive value coming from that. And then someone who's kind of either feeling stuck or like they want to take things to the next level. Um, and they're not sure how to do that. And we all know personal growth is really what drives that business growth, oh, man. Yes. So, so good. So, and then individually, how can we find both of you? Um, I am at nine types co on Instagram. So, so this is Stephanie. Stephanie. <laughs> yeah. So Steph, um, or you, I go by Steph Baron Hall on Instagram as well. So um, nine types go, and then you can see my website at ninetypes.co. So smart. <laughs> yep. And then you can okay. find me. My personal Instagram is Christy Rolls, K-R-I-S-T-I-R-O-W-L-E-S underscore. That's my personal one. Um, and then my Enneagram focused one is full and free Enneagram. And really just from that place mm -hmm. of like, how do we really help women particularly become like step into the fullness of who they are and feel the freedom to express that. So um, some cool things going on in all of those places on Instagram specifically. And then my site as well as ChristyRolls.com. So many good things. You two are such a powerful combination of like strengths and oh my gosh, it's so, so beautiful. So, well, I'm really excited. I can't wait for everybody to kind of check out your program. And I know for a lot of folks um, who listen to our podcast, we're in either retail or health and wellness and summer is a slower season. So it's the perfect time to dig in and like really work on your business. And I know you guys have really limited spots for that program. So if you guys are interested, make sure you get on the wait list. Like like now like right you're listening to this like go to the site do it right now the link is in the show notes for you guys so thank you so much for your time ladies we really appreciate yeah. it thanks so much for having thank us you. So fun. yeah truly Yay. thanks for joining us today on this episode of rebel heart radio you can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com or you can hop on our instagram you can ask us anything we love to get to know you guys don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes and we'll catch you guys on the next episode.